the Spirit in every situation. Now, most people think prayer fits in a, like at the church or maybe in my quiet time, but, for, but and for most of you, your quiet time has gotten way too quiet. You, you go spend time with God, and then you wake up a 30 minutes later, all right? So it's gotten way too quiet, but, but you haven't thought about, man, I can pray at work. I can pray uh, on the job. I can pray in the shower. I can pray in the car, right? And I want to introduce that thought to you that really you don't have to have these long stints of prayer. You can pray like every situation. Before you pick up that phone and answer that, 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 that voicemail, man, I'm going to pray first. We have this pray first mentality. Before, before we go to school in a few days, we, we pray first. Before we go to work tomorrow, we pray first. But, but, but before we send that email, we... Yeah, some of you need to before you send that email, right? Like before, before any situation, before we answer that text... Just, just introducing this thought of, of praying in every situation, but watch the next line. And also use every kind of prayer and request that there is. To which some of you are thinking, I didn't even know there were different kinds of prayer, and there are. And what I, what I don't want to do in this series is show you prayers in the Bible, the book of prayers, the Bible, and show you all these different ways that people pray, these different patterns of prayer. Jesus taught a pattern of prayer. Remember, really, the Lord's prayer came from his disciples saying, hey, teach us, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, okay, use this outline. You use this model as a way to pray. There's all kinds of prayer. Now, if you're like me, um, I, I enjoy most of, most of my Christian life. It's easy. It's enjoyable. I do it naturally. And I'll be honest with you, I've been a Christian 40 years now and in ministry 35, and prayer is still a discipline. It's something that I, I'm still learning how to do, growing in, not the easiest part of my life. And I think some of that has to do with the way I was raised. I was raised in, a, in, in church, uh, in a Baptist church, and I'm grateful to God for my upbringing, by the way. My parents raised me right. And, uh, but prayer was always intimidating to me because we did a lot of praying in our Sunday school class growing up. And my Sunday school teachers liked how many of y'all Baptists know this? That circle prayer where, okay, okay, class, everybody stand up and the teacher, okay, everybody hold hands, which that ain't right. I don't, I don't, I don't even like holding hands unless it's pretty girl next to me. Anyway, so I don't even want to do that. And then you're holding hands and you're wondering what they've touched before. But anyway, you're holding hands and, right? And, 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 then, and then the teacher says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start pray. I'll start the prayer. And then we're all going to pray. And you're thinking, I don't have a clue what to say, you know, but they, they've already said it now. And, and this is how you'll know. I'm going to pray until I'm done. And when I'm done, I'm going to squeeze, squeeze your hand, squeeze. And now then it's the next person's turn. Sure enough, you're already at the end of the line. So everybody's going to pray every material you can think of before it gets to you, you know, and, you, and you're thinking that you're not, you're not even praying. You're thinking, okay, I've got to come up with new material by the time it gets to me. And so anyway, they're, they're there and squeeze and that person goes and, and the next person squeeze. And there's always somebody in the circle. Come on, y'all. There's always somebody in the circle who can wax eloquent, can quote the old, the King James version and thus saith the Lord of thy availeth and, and all the, and all that. And, and, they, and they, they do a little, then sings my soul. And anyway, the squeeze, then it's your turn. And it goes around, and most of the time it get to me, and I ain't like squeeze, squeeze. I'm just sending it right on around. Like, just, I ain't got. There's nothing. There's nothing here. I have nothing to say. You've, you've all said it well, you know. And or, or to go to one of these prayer meetings. My, I went to a youth group that did an all night. Yes, I said all night prayer meeting. Like, I'm doing good to come up with ten minutes worth of material. They want to go all night long, you know, and. So I'm in there. I'm, I'm like, start with the globe. All right, Lord, Canada. Let's start there, you know. And so, 
Antarctica, you know, I mean, surely somebody there needs Jesus. I mean, you just, what do I say, right? I hope to, I hope to debunk a little bit of the myths of prayer, the uncomfortable part of prayer. I don't know what to say. And probably, here's my thought for you in this series, you might need another kind of prayer. So you probably have fallen into a routine and you're doing the same thing the same way with the same words and maybe you're not enjoying it that much anymore. What I want to do in this series is just give you some different thoughts, patterns, styles. We're even going to, in a few of the weeks, we'll actually give you actual prayers that were prayed in the Bible, which there aren't that many there where we can study. Why did he pray this way? Why did he start with this and then go there? And why did God answer it that way? And so we're going to look into it, and I think it's just going to put some fresh air uh, into your prayer life. That's my hope. Now, I almost talked myself out of part one, because today I want to show you the way that I like to pray the most, but it's, a, but it's a little bit the deep end of the pool, I'll be honest with you. And I almost talked myself out of it thinking, ah, that's probably too much. Maybe I shouldn't go there this, this far, but I want to share with you What my pastor taught me years ago, and I'm going to tell you, it's revolutionized my prayer life. And probably seven out of ten times that I spend time with God, I'm going to use the pattern that I'm going to give you. And I'm calling it today the prayer of Moses, the prayer of Moses. If you know much about Moses' life, he was this guy that God raised up to deliver the Hebrews, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, if you've seen the Ten Commandments movie, you know the story. So he's got to lead, they think, four million Hebrews out of Egypt. And he's trying to get them where Egypt is. If you'll let my hand just be a crude map here. Egypt here. And he's going to take them all the way up past the Saudi Arabian Peninsula up to where modern-day Israel is. They called it the promised land in, in, in the Bible. He's got to lead them. It shouldn't have taken but a few weeks. It ended up taking 40 years for them to go from here to there. They just actually started wandering in that desert. And they were in, when they get there, God has always intended for them to build a temple, a place where they could worship and God could dwell. And in those days, listen very carefully, in those days, God dwelt in buildings. Today in the New Testament, God doesn't dwell in buildings. He dwells inside of you and me. So that means this building is not a sanctuary. You're the sanctuary of God. You're, he wants to live inside of us. But in those days, he, he, he wrote his laws on tablets, and he lived in buildings. Today, he wrote, writes his law on our hearts, and he lives inside of us. It's a better thing, by the way. I, you just need to know that, right? But they're going to go. They're going to go and build this temple, right? They're going to go build this building that he's going to live in. But remember, they're on a journey to get there. And so they needed a portable church building along the way because God's going to move. He's a cloud by day and a fire by night, and he stops. And then he moves. And when he moves, they have to pack everything up and set up church wherever he stopped. And the permanent one was called the temple. But watch this. The portable one was called the tabernacle. So if you ever seen that word, that just means portable church. Shout out to the nine campuses at the Church of the Highlands who are, have tabernacle. All right, you guys set up and take down every Sunday. God bless you guys for getting up at four o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Some go on a Saturday and set up church. Come on, in schools and all kinds of places. Can we stop right now and just shout out to the setup teams, takedown teams making church happen for so many people. So, so some call this tabernacle prayer, and I need to get to it because there's some beautiful steps 
this, to this tabernacle. Watch, here's the verse. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them, which God wants to do inside of you, by the way. He, he wants you to find a place and a way to pray so he can have conversation with you and get close to you. And you must build this, and here's the word, tabernacle, and its furnishings exactly according to a pattern. And what I'm going to submit to you is that the pattern that it was built in can serve as some steps for us today. In fact, this is what it looked like. It looks something like this. It was a tent with no top. It's kind of rectangular in shape, and it had six pieces of furniture that we're going to talk about today. And then inside the rectangular tent was another rectangular, smaller tent, and it was in here, and the back part of that one is where the Ark of the Covenant, if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know what that looks like, right? That's where that Ark was, and that's where God dwelt. Watch this. And they had to take steps past each of the six pieces of furniture. That was the pattern to get to where God is. In fact, inside that little tent in the back, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. I want you to stare at these yellow words here because that's my prayer for you. I think if you had prayer times where you knew God was there, you were hearing him and he was hearing you, you'd love to pray more. That God wants to meet with you face to face and speak to you as one friend speaks to another. Oh, Pastor Chris, that's the Old Testament. That's not for us today. But the, Jesus said, do not think I have come to abolish the Old Testament. We don't follow those laws anymore. But I, he said, I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. So the law isn't there, but the meaning still is. And I personally believe that. I believe we can take everything that God made law in the Old Testament and we can find the meaning behind it and find the fulfillment in it. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? All right. So here's what I want to do. This is my favorite way to pray. I know this is a little, this is, this is, this is kind of, it's out there a little bit. All right. So this is, this is a lot, but I want to show you how simple it can be. I, I think one of the gifts that God's given me, or at least I like to think one of the gifts God's given me is to take complicated things like this. And make it simple so everybody can, everybody can use this. To put the cookies on the bottom shelf, everybody, so everybody can have one. But they literally, in these steps, I want to share them with you. Go to your notes. The very first place that would happen is they would literally come from the outside of the tent to the inside. And when they crossed through the gates into the tent, they called that first place the outer court. And it was there. They only had one focus in mind, and that is to give God Thanks. Put that in your notes if you're taking notes. Give God thanks. So before you, before you give God your to-do list, before you tell him, oh, here's all, here's all the people I need you to touch, and here's the people I need you to move in, and here's what I need for my own life. No, no, no. Before you think about what more you want, you thank him for what you already have. I'm going to tell you, gratitude, listen to me, church, is one of the healthiest emotions you can have. Gratitude turns what you have into enough. It just says, you know what? I have some things that I need, but Lord, if you never did anything else for me, you've already done enough. You've already saved me. If you never, if you never made the rain go away or the rain come or, or, or give me more money or take care of my kids or help me more, make more birdies on the golf course, if you never did anything else, God... God, you've already saved my soul. You've, you've, you've forgiven my sins. And I'm not going to get in here like you're some celestial Santa Claus and ask you for more when I haven't even thanked you for what you've already done for me. Come on, somebody, right? I'm going to tell you, it's important. Psalm 100 says it. Enter, listen to me, enter your prayer time. 
Enter your prayer time with thanksgiving in your heart and into his courts with praise. Give thanks. Don't ask him for more stuff. Thank him for what he's already done for you. So that's why tomorrow morning when we start 21 days of prayer, our, our whole worship team will be on stage. And we're going to start right off the bat with thanking God. We're not going to get into praying for our cities and our nation and the world. No, no. We're going to, Lord, we're going to spend a few minutes and just thank you for what you've done in our lives. And everybody said it good. All right. So once you did that, once you entered into that tent, that place with thanksgiving, I want you to start your prayers that way. Then the, you came across this piece of furniture. This is the best picture I could find of it. It was a pretty large altar. And it always had dead animals and blood on it. And it was burning. It was, it was consuming these animal sacrifices. Because blood had to be spilled for the sins that were committed. And you literally had to walk by this pile of blood and dead animals before you could go to God. You had to be reminded that in order to go to God, something had to die in order for that to happen. And you say, Chris, what is the New Testament meaning of that? The brazen altar, of course, in the New Testament is we focus on the cross. The only reason why I have the right to go stand face to face before a holy God is because of what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did on the cross. In fact, the Bible says it this way. Not only can you go to God, but you can approach God boldly and with confidence because of what Jesus did on the cross. But what I like to do, this is my favorite way to pray. I'm just teaching you how I like to pray. I come in, thank you, Lord. I try to think of a fresh reason every day to thank God. And then I stop for a moment and I remember the cross. And actually, in my mind, I picture it. I see Jesus bleeding there and dying. I see the horrible torture. And this verse just speaks to me that when I was utterly helpless, Christ came, I don't know about your story, but he came at just the right time for me. And he died, he paid for all the sins that I had committed. And before I ask him for more, before I go talk to God about what's on my heart, man, I stop and remember that I'm only able to do it because of the blood of Jesus. And I teach this, I could take a whole message just to teach the cross. But I always think about on the cross, there were four major wounds. So you remember he was whipped, he was crowned with thorns, he had nails in his hands and feet, and he had a spear in his heart. I call it the four wounds of the cross. And prophetically, hundreds of years before it happened, Isaiah saw those four wounds. And he said this, he said that he, Jesus, was pierced, that's the hands and feet, for what? He was pierced. For our transgressions. A transgression is where you went too far. A transgression is where you crossed the line. And the Bible says for everything that you did, don't, don't your hands and feet represent what you do? And the Bible says that he took the pain in his hands and feet for everything your hands and feet did. He was pierced for our transgressions. But watch this. And he was crushed. That's the spear in his heart. For our iniquities. And iniquity is different than a transgression. A transgression is what you did, but an iniquity is who you are. It's, it's the, it's the evil in our hearts. It's the, it's the anger. It's the attitude. It's the, it's what's on the inside. And watch this. So he took his, he took a piercing in his hands and his feet for what we did, but he took a piercing in his heart on the inside for how we feel and who, who, who we are without Jesus. And I remind myself that, you, that my God took a pain in his heart so that my heart could be healed from all this stuff. 
And then it says, and then the punishment that brought us peace. That punishment is the crown of thorns. He took this pain in his brain to give us peace. Wouldn't you agree with me that all the anxiety, pain, turmoil, stress, fear, worry is right here. Some of you came to church with it today. And the Bible says he took this crown in his head. He took the pain in his head so you never have to have the pain in your head. And I just stop. I just, I just take a minute. It just takes a minute. And I say, Lord, thank you for paying for what I did. My hand, every place I went that I wasn't supposed to go and I did it anyway. You, and God, God and, and all the stuff that's in my heart, the evil, the, 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 the lust, the pride, the greed. The, and God, you, you took a pain in your heart to get that out of me. And then, Lord, all the fear, worry, stress, anxiety. Thank you for the crown of thorns. And then by his wounds, that's the stripes on his back, I am healed. And I'm not just talking about my physical uh, diseases. I'm talking about every place where I am diseased. Every place. God, you've, you're healing my, my relationships. You're healing my marriage. You're heal, you've healed my life. You've healed my emotions. You, come on, somebody. I'm preaching just about 38% better than you're responding right now. This is, this is, this is the, the cross of Jesus I'm talking about. Are y'all listening to me? And I'm just saying, I, it's just a thought that before you ever, before you ever get in there, okay, Lord, here's my, here's my list for today. How about we, just, we thank him for what he's already done and just pause by that cross that lets you even go any further and remember blood was shed for you. I can pray this whole prayer in about five or six minutes and I can take an hour. And if I have time, I stop right here. And I just, I have, I have some songs on my, pl- my prayer playlist and they're early in my pr- prayer playlist because I know I'm going here pretty early in the process. I think songs like Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it. I just sing songs about the cross. Are y'all with me, everybody? I just felt led to show you my favorite, my favorite way to pray. And then, the, then, then after you pass that, that altar full of blood and dead things, you would go to this bowl called a laver. And it was full of water and it was made out of mirrors. So they put mirrors in the bottom. So when you wash, you had to look at yourself. You just, you, oh Lord, you see all this stuff, right? And you start washing the parts of your body and making them clean before you get to God. Say, Chris, what does that represent? This might be my favorite place. This is the place that I think saves my life every day. In, in some ways, I think it just keeps me centered because it's at the labor that I offer every part of my body and my life to God. And I literally, and you might think this is a little strange, but I felt led to show you how I pray every day. I, uh, I actually, at this point, I actually start at the top of my head and I just work my way down. And I say, Lord, my brain, okay? And it's got some stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. But today, I'm going to think things that are lovely, pure, excellent, praiseworthy, and a good report. In fact, I'm going to put a guard on my brain, God. I'm not going to allow junk. Garbage in, garbage out. So, God, just put a seal around my mind today. Let my mind be stayed on you that I might stay in perfect peace. Okay, God, let's keep going. God, I need my eyes. Lord, as the book of Job says, that I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a maiden. <laughs> I just like the way it says that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm not, I'm not going to look at things that are evil and impure, but God, I'm going to set a gate, a guard on my eyes and my ears, God, God, I don't want to hear the voice of the devil. I want to hear the voice of God. So let me tune into you and tune him out. Let my ears be sensitive 
Go, oh, Lord Jesus, we better spend some time here. My mouth. And because uh, because I'm good at communication, which means I can be bad at communication. Anything that you're good at, the devil will try to pervert. And so I said, so Lord, I can speak. Lord knows I can speak. And boy, I can speak. And so today, God, Ephesians 429, you know, takers, I'm going to speak things that build people up, not stuff that tears them down. God, God, let my mouth be a good mouth today. Oh, keep it in line. God said, I give you my tongue. Are you following what I'm saying, everybody? And I just, I'm just washing, washing body parts, you know, Lord, today, God, let my hands be, reach out to people that are in need. And God, let my feet, God, take me places that I should go and let my steps be ordered of the Lord. And I just give me, I give him my body. Say, Chris, where's that in the Bible? Romans chapter 12. I urge you, I'm begging you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You don't have to kill. God doesn't want dead animals anymore. He wants you. And you can offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And ready for this? This is worship. When you come to God and say, take, take all of me. Here I am. Take all of me. Take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. And I sing songs like that. Just take my hands and let, you know, it, it just use me. God, every part of my, I'm just trying, I felt led to show you the, the way I pray every day, everybody. This is just a pattern. It's, it, it was a law in the Old Testament. Come on, it's a beautiful thing in the New Testament. And now, ready for this? And now we're going to that small tent. So in the small tent, it had, it had four pieces of furniture in it. And the first thing that was in there was this candlestick. Y'all probably seen this before, this seven-pronged Jewish Hebrew candlestick. And the, the candlestick, all in Old and New Testament, represents fire, the power, anointing, ability, gifts. It represents the Holy Spirit. So I just stopped saying, now, Holy Spirit, stir me. God, work in me. And, and I, have a, I have some gifts and I'm asking you to stir those up. God, my teaching gift and my preaching gift and my leadership gift. And God, I'm trying to lead Highlands, but I've never done this before. So I'm, I've been taught some things, but I need more than what I've taught. So Holy Spirit, help teach me stuff I didn't never know. I didn't never, no one ever taught me how to do this. God, give me wisdom. Are y'all following me? You business leaders, you ought to pray. Holy Spirit, show me how to lead my company and to lead these employees. And some of you students, Lord, Holy Spirit, give me the, give me the answers to the questions I never studied. I mean, help me out, Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> yeah. No, the, I want the work of God on the inside of me and just the gifts of God. And the Holy Spirit, just use, use me and my gifts. Look what 2 Timothy says. Paul says, I'm reminding you, fan into flame, the spiritual gift that God gave you. Listen to me. Look at my eyes and hear this. Every single one of you have a spiritual gift, whether you use it or not. You ready for this? Whether you're a Christian or not, God has a gift he wants to give you. He has a calling. You're called. Let me look into that camera. You're called. You're called. You have a calling. You have a calling. You have a calling. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have a calling. Hey, sir, up there at the top, you have a calling. Ma'am, calling. I mean, you have one. So, so, so we can, you can live your life dormant and just paying bills if that's what sounds fun to you. Or you can say, Holy Spirit, I'm trying so hard today to <gasps> on y'all. Trying to stir you up. <laughs> that's my job every Sunday. You come in here, your, your embers are bar barely burning. And I like... <sighs> Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Yeah. 
<laughs> Why? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. You can live a different life. Oh, Holy Spirit, stir me up today. And I pray, Lord, I need, teach me how to be a better father to my kids. Holy Spirit, help me be a better husband today. Help me. I, and I just invite the work of the Holy Spirit. Y'all want me to keep going? This is good, isn't it? This, I, I love prayer. I'm just walking through the tabernacle, one station at a time, one place at a time. And I think these patterns have meaning for us today. Because then, <laughs> this is fun too, because then you go over there. On the other side of the, this little room was this table with 12 Freshly baked, hot, smelling so good, loaves of bread. Have y'all ever been anywhere where somebody had just made some fresh baked bread? And haven't you wanted to cancel the rest of your day and find a slab of butter and sit there for two hours, right? I mean, you know what, you know what that bread is supposed to be? That bread is supposed to be God's word. That I find promises in the bread of life, the word of God. And, and, if, and, and I actually stop my prayer time because I still think it is prayer. I stop my prayer time. And I grab my Bible. And if I have a lot of time, I read the whole one year Bible. If not, I just read a couple of verses, but I find me some promises and I actually pray them. I pray these promises. Lord, thank you for this verse today. This is the bread. I've eaten your word today. Jesus said, man cannot live on natural food, natural bread alone, but by every word, the bread of life that comes from the mouth of God. Hey, everybody, you eat every day. You need to eat every day. So even if it's one verse, it's better than no verse. Just if you only have a second, and that's why we put the one-year Bible on your phone, on, our, on the Highlands app. You can just hit it, and just if, you'd only, if you only have a minute, just read the proverb. It's one sentence. Y'all got time for one sentence? That's just one marshmallow. That's with a lot of nutrients in it, all right? Tastes good, but good for you at the same time. If you got time, go read the Psalm. Go read the New Testament. If you got a lot of time, go read the Old Testament too. And just, just but feed on God's Word. And that's what I do in prayer. I just, and, I, and I thank him for the word. I submit to the word. God, I thank you that it is it's how I'm, I'm going to live my life according to your word. I, I'm not going to let culture be my standard. Your word is my standard. And I, just, I have those kind of conversations with God. Then, then, here, here's the next one. You're almost to God, by the way. You're almost there. The last piece of furniture before you step where God is was this little bitty altar, a little square altar about this tall. And it had coals from the outside altar making it burn. And it had incense. It smelled like bed, bath, and beyond, y'all. Y'all know what I'm saying? It just smelled good. And there it is, just sweet smell. Do you know what the sweetest smell to God is? Now, I'm not making this up. I can show you 30 verses, Old and New Testament, that incense to God is worship. Worship. And worship is different than praise. When you praise God, listen, when you praise God at the beginning, when we talked about thanks, when you praise God, you praise him for what he did. But when you worship him, you worship him for who he is. So different. And really, really, it's not even, it's not even about us. We, so worship it and Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for this food and thank you for my life and thank you for my wife. No, no, no. Worship is if I never had any of that, you're worthy. You're, you're worth, you're worth. Your worth. It's just all about your worth, Lord. It's just, and, and, um, and then I actually, if I, I, most days, 
Most days I actually kneel at this point because of this verse. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Now, I don't like to kneel much because it hurts. Can I get an amen, somebody? But I, I try to at least once a day go down low. A man on his face can never fall from that position. So I just get on my knees and I say, Lord, you don't have to do anything for me. You're worthy. You're worthy. And I just worship my God. And I'm going to tell you what I found. A, a person's worth is found in their name. A person's worth is found in who they, who, who are they? Their name. And I just like to call out the names of the Lord. Proverbs says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and righteous people run to that name and find safety. So I name right, you're righteous, you're holy, you're pure, you're counselor, you're peace, you're shepherd, you're my defender, you're, you're the one fighting for me, you're the one who guides me, you're the one who leads me. I just, I worship his name. Just, just, I, I'm a, yesterday, j- yesterday, I have five kids, my middle son, David is the only one of my five kids who doesn't live in Birmingham. He, he felt called to go work for a church in, in California, and I felt like it was the Lord. So we released him. It was reluctant, I have to be honest with you. But he felt led to do that, and he's out there serving this church in California. And I miss him. And yesterday, I, just got, I got two-sentence text. Just out of the clear blue. He's not a texter. He didn't text much. But, Dad, I love you, and I think you're a great, all caps, man. And he just, and it was, listen, 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 listen. It was only, it was only two sentences. And I felt he, 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 he talked about my worth to him. That's worship. He didn't ask me for anything. He, knew, he knows I would give it to him if he asked. But he just, in, in a sense, worshipped. He, he declared the, my worth to him. That's what God wants from you. Worship. Are y'all with me, everybody? Isn't this good? So I enter with thanksgiving. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Only by the cross am I able to take another step. Now clean me up, God. Every, oh, Lord knows every part of me needs. And God, I want the work of God inside of me. Holy Spirit, come... The word of God, worship, and then, and then, you part through the back of that little tent, and that's where, and you know this one because you've seen the movie. That's, that's where the Ark of the Covenant is. Only difference, only difference this time is your face isn't going to get melted off. Come on, if y'all seen the movie, your face, your face ain't going nowhere. You're going to be fine. But actually, the movie had it pretty close. I mean, two, two angels covering their eyes. This was actually called the mercy seat. And God dwelt right between those wings in a cloud or a fire. And when you get there, what do you do? When do what do you do? When you're face to face with God, what are you supposed to do? That's a good question, isn't it? But the Bible's very clear. And when we get there, I've already taken care of me. I've thanked him. God's working inside of me. I'm, I'm, I got, I, I'm clean. But now, now that I'm there, here, here's our job. And that is to intercede for others. Go in there and make your case to God on behalf of somebody else. Now, Highlands, I'm going to tell you, I do this for you every day. 
I get to this point and I say, God, I'm standing here in front of you on behalf of a bunch of people that you've entrusted to me. And I'm grateful for them. And God, I'm begging you for their marriages. I'm begging you for their kids. I'm crying out, God, to you for their finances and for their health and for their jobs and for their emotions. God, let them be healed. I'm asking you, God, and you intercede for somebody. Come on. And I pray for our mayors and I pray for, I pray for our leaders and I, I, I pray, I just, just, I'm an attorney now. I'm, I'm in there pleading a case before God. We're going to do this tomorrow. You come tomorrow. This is exactly how we're going to pray. We're going to go one step at a time and we're going to, we're going to pray this very prayer. And I always start with those in authority because the Bible says, first of all, <laughs> when you, whatever you pray for first, first of all, I want you to make intercession for those in authority. And if you do, you'll lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness. And I sure want that. So I pray for President Trump and the Congress and the Supreme Court. And I pray for Governor Ivey and I pray for Mayor Woodfin. And I pray for all the mayors of the cities that we're in. And I pray and I just and I pray for our overseers and I pray for our trustees. And I pray for the people that I answer to. And you're looking at a man that's in authority, but you're also looking at a man that's under authority. And I submit myself to the leadership and the government of our church. And, and I, I pray a blessing over them. And, and, I, and I, pray, I pray for my mom, who I still consider in parental authority. My dad's in heaven, but my mom's still here. And I submit myself to her, her leadership and her life and her counsel in my life. And you're following what I'm saying? I just... And that's what you do. And that's what you do. You can see, this is just amazing. So as I was listening to this and just going through it all, it's just like, God, there's so much power in prayer. There's so much that's there for us. And sometimes we don't like to hear messages that are going to make us grow or make us think. And some of that may have been really, really deep. Some of it may have been like, oh my gosh, you lost me with all those things. And I don't want to hear about that thing with the dead animals. And I don't want to. But it's all important for growth. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Pastor Chris did one of the greatest jobs of talking about a mature life. And our goal, number one, is to know Christ. In knowing him, we get to then experience him. And just when you meet somebody, there's things about them you've never known before. You get to find out all about them. Things you never knew. Some are surprises. God is the same way. Just because it's new and just because it's different, maybe doesn't make it anything but new. I never want to ever have a service without giving an opportunity for those who've never made that initial decision to know God. Around here, we've got four tenets. Number one, we want you to know God. If you don't know God, nothing else is going to matter in your life. Nothing else is going to make sense. Once you know God, we want you to find freedom. Then we want you to discover your purpose. Then we want you to make a difference. But knowing God is the first step. So I never want to go through and not give you an opportunity. 
So this morning, if as you're listening to this, like say, man, that's, that's just so far out there. And there's so many people from around the world that are listening to us and watching. And, and it's just crazy beyond the people sitting in this room. So I never want to imagine or guess or judge where someone's at. If that's you today for the first time, you say, I'm not really even sure what all that means, but I want to experience that. I love that at the peace that he's talking about, the peace and a godly life. Man, isn't that just, doesn't that just like, just talk to you in like a language you can understand? It's like, man, that's, that's the life to live at peace. It's pretty simple. You have this private moment with God. And it's between you and him. You say any words you want to, that prayer. I'm just going to help you with the words. If that's you today, just simply pray this between you and God. Say, God in heaven, I may not understand it all, but I want to know you. I ask you to come into my heart. Take my life. Take all the areas that I've made mistakes, where I've missed the mark. And I receive your forgiveness. And today, I give you my life. And the best way I know how, I'm going to follow you. Today, I give you my life. Now, Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe once prayed it or maybe several times prayed it and prayed it again this morning. God, I pray that you would take are coming to you. And I know you rejoice so much of that. Lord, I pray for every one of us, Lord, as we're on day eight of 21 days of prayer. Lord, there's so much growth. There's so much depth that was in this message. There's so much challenging for me. I pray it's for all of us. And God, we lift up all these requests that are still sitting on your altar. God, as we've come through and we've recognized who you are, and Lord, we've, we've worshipped you. We started the service off by worshipping you. Lord, Pastor Chris took us to the cross and gave us that mental image of, of you and Jesus, what you gave for us. And we've gone through all these steps, and now we're in a seat in God. I ask you for these requests. Some of these are desperate. Some of these are really needing you to step in. God, we ask you for these this morning. Lord, I pray for the next days. I pray for tomorrow. That many of us will come, whether we can come here personally or we join online. God, whatever. But we take our prayer guides, God, and we just jump in and we take action steps on what we learn today. And we grow. May we never be the same after hearing your word. Father, I give you all this. I give you all the glory. May we always pray first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.